Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show, freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. It's really good to be with you. And we have a dynamite blockbuster report on Representative Liz Harris, who was expelled from the state legislature for daring to question election integrity during an election integrity hearing. Absolutely amazing, the corruption that's in Arizona, but folks, it's across the country. It's here, we're unable to unravel it. In your state, you may not see it quite as clearly, but I guarantee it's going on. Organized crime plus corrupt officials. Enjoy the presentation and learn a lot from it. Thanks for staying with us through that first break, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, really good to be with you here on the TV. Really good to be with you. And we have, as you can see, uh, Liz Harris. And Liz, uh, if you don't know the story, I'll just tell it very briefly. Um, she was uh, one of the people you'd go to in 2020 about election fraud. She did heroic work by canvassing thousands of homes in Maricopa County and concluded, I believe, 300,000 illegal votes were cast. And this is because voter rolls are never cleaned up here in Arizona. And uh, she managed to get herself elected to the state legislature, and they had an election integrity meeting. And she was allowed to bring in uh, a, a witness, and uh, it was approved. She did not run the meeting, and they didn't like what this person had to say, despite the fact that reportedly this report is 120,000 pages long with 20,000 affidavits. And part of it, I know, has been adjudicated in, in New York already, and it involves organized crime and the payoff of officials, and that organized crime would be the Sinaloas. And if we talk Sinaloas, we talk Chinese, and you know from my show that China has its roots in local politics as well as national politics. So it's one big happy mess that we have here. And Liz, a few months into her term, uh, was expelled from the uh, legislature. And she's not the only one who's had the politics of this state in Arizona weaponized against her. And anyone who speaks out against election integrity in an official position uh, gets the full brunt of uh let's put it this way we'll remove you from office so liz welcome to the show and um people who follow me regularly know where i stand with election integrity they know it's a national problem but arizona seems to be one of the epicenters of this uh of this issue here so i'm just going to kind of leave it to you where where do you want to start and what do you think the people need to know So what's interesting is expelling me was not enough for them. Uh, After I was expelled, I I guess it was probably in response to a lot of um, people who had supported the um, election integrity work I had been doing, um, them not being very happy with the expulsion. And so these people got um, basically targeted or labeled as Liz Harris minions, Harrisites, um, oh, you must be a Liz Harris fan. And the attacks, what I'm watching, like up until today, now I got expelled on April 12th, and here we are in August, and um, I can't believe it, but the people who um, support election integrity, 
the people who want to try to censure the 18 Republicans who expelled me, um, they're getting um, the heats on them right now. And, and that makes me really sad because the legislators, um, those who expelled me and even those who didn't expel me, they have been on speaking circuits and everything gets to me. Sometimes it's recorded. Um, these legends, again, these are the Republicans. They're just spreading one mistruth after another mistruth about me. And, you know, I'm going to get some documents in writing today on something new that the legislators are saying about me. And I, I you know, I, I scratch my head because I'm like, was expelling me not enough? No, it was not. They have to stop the narrative. And the, I'm going to remind everyone that the those who voted yes to expel me, the 18 who voted yes, they are also the people at the Capitol. Again, these are Republican representatives who did not truly want to see any type of election reform that had teeth to it. Um, why these re- other Republicans are um, not very happy with me, I, I think it has to do with John Thaler, which is part of the reason they're claiming I got expelled. The Breger um, report. I just want to throw that in because that's the, the phrase. The Breger report, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's John Thaler who is the forensic um, attorney behind it. Um, they're 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 not happy with statements that he's making. So you know when when he makes a statement, they're not happy, and then the next thing you know, you've got the Arizona Republic. And I'm going to tell you that I believe mainstream media works for the establishment Republicans Mm -hmm. in the same way they work for the Democrats. It's no different. So then, you know, John Thaler makes some statements. Then next thing you know, you have this horrible Arizona article on John Thaler about, you know, he's a felon and just all this stuff. Was it all made up? I read the articles all made up. What it is, is they're not reporting on it correctly. So is there an arrest? Do, do they want John to come back into the state so they can arrest him? Yeah. What is it about? It's about trumped up charges that he evaded police. I mean, we can go on and on. And and that's part of the reason when you get when when I'll give you a great example. Um, when one of the legislators starts coming after me and telling people such falsities about me, that makes me like want to dig into, okay, what is it that they're hiding? So when John started discovering things and he realized what his wife had been doing, which is forging documents, um, it just makes you dig deeper. And so right now my position is, is that a lot of these Republicans that are making up false narratives where I'm sitting here and I'm saying, I know that's not truthful, you know, and I'm a type, the type of person like I do, I have self-awareness. I'm like, well, could there be any truth to what they're saying? And sometimes I'm like, no, like, where are they getting this from? And so then, um, again, I'm just kind of, they're kind of going on my list of these are not Republicans I can trust. And I think if we just go back five, 10 years, and I'm not talking about the McCain people. If we just go back five, 10 years, I think a lot of us trusted um, the elected that had the R behind their name. And now I'm, I'm going to let you know, I, I can trust no more than about 5% of them based on everything that they're putting me through this continual speaking circuit um, what they're doing to the people who do support me or the people who do support election integrity. It's just, it's, it's unreal. It's unbelievable. And my, my summary is 2023 is the year of exposure. So when these elected officials come out hard against people, we need to start looking at them. Yeah, I've been waiting to get my hands fully on the Breger report so I can take it apart. Um, but I am going to uh, use that information to launch our own investigation on this end. But their behavior speaks to their guilt. L- let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. I did some research on John Thaler. I can find no evidence he broke any laws other than exposed criminality. And um, it, he also has been avoiding talking to me after he was engaged with me, and I know why now. 
You've clarified that today, uh, that the authorities are after him. But here's the thing about John Thaler. They paint him in the media as a lunatic conspiracy theorist, yet the man has done 30 years of RICO investigations privately and for the government. So he's eminently qualified to be launching the kind of investigation he launched. And the fact that uh, there are reportedly 20,000 affidavits, and I know part of this with the fake real estate companies was adjudicated in the Southern District Court of New York, um, lends credibility to what he's done. And and I'll say this here, too. This report, people, says, and I just want to clarify this before we go forward. This report says the Sinaloa cartel has engaged for years in fake real estate companies, and I'm simplifying it without being too technical, and they launder the money, and they've used it to groom lawyers to become judges so they control the system. They go after key public officials, elected officials, and money gets thrown their way. And it's one big happy family as they collude to interfere in our elections as well. And then they smash people after the fact who challenge elections. Do you, do you think I summarized that okay in a kind of Reader's Digest yeah, format? But, but the thing that like I'm just coming to the realization of over the last couple of weeks, it's the Sinaloa cartel, but it's the American cartel too. Because yes. a lot of, you know, when you think of a cartel member, you think of MS-13, you think of people that are brutal. Um, but it's not that, uh, you know, I've seen some recent um, publications and I've heard some stories that, you know, the cartel, they're in our high schools. They, they have children, you know, um, young adults. They're not quite adults yet, but youngsters um, that represent the cartel. And, you know, some teachers know don't they're not to dare report them for any having done anything wrong. They'd rather vacate their position than report something if there's um, a suspicion that this person. And so it's so here we are at the high schools. Do we think it stops there? No, it's in our businesses. It's, it's everywhere. Um, and I also like recently got a report where there were some investment bankers um highfalutin and they literally turned their back like they did not want to do business with Arizona because it's pretty well known that there is cartel activity here and and it's pretty pervasive do i think Arizona is the only state no i think it exists in all 50 states but i just happen to think that Arizona is one of the worst and um and it's scary and uh i i'm a person i have <laughs> clean background and i just want to see the corruption end and i've been told you will never end the corruption and it's kind of like voting election reform we will never completely eliminate any type of fraud whatsoever but if we can get the corruption down to 0.001 percent if we can get the election anomalies down to 0.001 percent i think that's all people want we want a country a state a county, a city, a town of law and order. I had a law enforcement person who's in favor of what you and I are doing. And um, he visited with me in a, a location. Let's just put it that way. And we left our cell phones outside and all the usual stuff. And um, you always worry about CCTV. But anyway, what he told me was this. He said, Dave, even if... Carrie Lake had been elected. She would not have been able to change the level of criminality here and the influence on things like elections because the cartel influence and organized crime in general is so embedded into our system. And uh, he felt that her relatives would have been in danger. They would have started killing family members or friends as a warning to stop. And I said, would that extend to Katie Hobbs if she had to come to Jesus moment? And he said, I believe it would. Do you think his assessment of how embedded these forces are is accurate? Yes. I I don't know if they'd be brave enough to outright kill family members. That would be pretty not, they would be not intelligent of them. But what I could can tell you is that I know that um, Carrie Lake's hands would have been tied. And here's why her hands would have been tied. You see, in 2021 and 2022, uh, Senator Sonny Borelli and Senator Warren Peterson, you know, they're like, yeah, we want election reform. But if you remember, they blamed it on 
House member Paul Boyer, and they blamed it on in the first year. And then the second year, they blamed not being able to get the election reform because of Speaker of the House at the time, Rusty Bowers. So they you and and even even Senator Borelli says we've got two Judases now. So my point here is that at that time we had a Republican govern, governor, Doug Ducey. However, our Republican legislators, they used single sco- uh, scapegoats, Paul Boyer and Rusty Bowers. But the, the reality of it, when I served my three months and three days, I can tell you emphatically, like, without a doubt, that 80 to 90 percent of those legislators did not want one day, one vote, smaller precincts, paper ballots, hand counts, election results that night, strong voter ID. They did not want that. They would fight me. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here. And we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time on one thing or the other and well, why, do you, why do you think they didn't want it is it because if the because, system can cheat you the system can reward you because they're the benefactors of the yeah, way the exactly. system is right now that's okay. one and they know that if they tow the line they will hold that seat so tow the line do what's expected of you by leadership, so members serving, and then also do it, um, you know, listen to the special interest groups and the lobbyists because they will spend money. I think a lot of it is a facade. They'll spend a million dollars against you to make sure you don't win. Well, I've heard, I know plenty of times where they've spent one point something million dollars against someone and yet they still win, and it's because the system is rigged. Um, the other thing I want to mention, um, a constituent or a voter did a public information request. And I just got this in within the last week. And the public information request asked for any information on my expulsion. And what he got back, what he was looking for was on the House Resolution 2003, which expelled me. He was looking for the sponsor of the resolution. Here's what's really odd. There was no sponsor. 
However, there were four co-sponsors. Not a single one of them were Democrat. The four co-sponsors were Ben Toma, Travis Grantham, Leo Biasucci, and Teresa Martinez. That's your, that's our leadership. So the leadership took it upon themselves to co-sponsor the resolution to expel me. And again, not a single Democrat signed it. Um, Via Suchi is, is, uh, female and from the Kingman area. He, male, Leo, Via Suchi. Oh, male. Leo, Leo. And he's from, Leo. uh, Mojave County, right? Mojave. Okay. I was warned about him by people in that county. I spoke up there to a large group at a church and I was warned he, he talks a good game about election integrity, but, but he's a flipper. In other words, he never follows through and he supports the other side. Yeah. And, and, and they're, they're saying that he is slated to be the next speaker of the house because Ben okay. Homa will term limit out. Now I do have a document from 2009 and 2012. I mean, Leo Biasucci, he does have a felony. Now, granted, it was set aside, but the felony is for computer tampering and alteration of data. And I'm just, you know, these are the people that we're electing to office. It's just a question. Now, this How did he is- get this set aside? This sounds very odd to me. I don't know. That tells me it was set aside so he could run for office. It's very possible. And he was okay. also a member of the Green Party. And he has a whole explanation for that. But, you know, I'm sad because, again, I trusted him. I trusted Leo. Right before he got elected as majority leader, um, I had breakfast with him. I told him what my concerns were on election integrity. Like, literally, they sit there and they shake their head. And they're lying to you. They're not telling you the truth. They don't feel the same way you do. Yeah. Well, because if, if they felt this way, they'd get something done. Now, they just did some amazing. Well, it, it's not a good, amazing in a good way, but they just got Katie Hobbs to possibly bend on rental to like eliminating rental tax, which I'm a huge supporter of in exchange for this, um, an amendment to Proposition 400, which is the transportation excise bill, um, excise tax. So they just got Katie Hobbs to do something amazing. Like, again, with rental tax for this, like it's a trade-off. It's constant trade-offs. They could have really gotten something with election reform if, if they tried hard enough, and they don't. It's a problem. Yeah, well, there's still deal making. Um, we have expansive growth in northwest of Phoenix and west of Phoenix. And I've kind of figured this out, Liz, and it's just, it's special politics and everything. Out in our area, we've looked at who some of the developers are and some are Democratic donors. Uh, some support rhino candidates and their developments go through without consideration for depleting the water levels. Yet some of those ones who are more conservative, like uh, Jerry Colangelo, uh, well-known in Arizona, uh, his development's now been put on hold because of water considerations. And as I look at this, it's just special politics everywhere. It's not just an election integrity. It's it's uh, who gets the biggest stick. And you mentioned Ducey. Uh, in the lockdown, here's the objection I had, and I challenged Ducey on this several times publicly. How can you be on the board of TGen that makes money on the vaccines and claim to be objective in your role as governor? Um, it, this is our state. This is the conflicts of interest that exist. And I told you about my concerns with Karen Fan and Fan Construction. Um, I wanted to ask you, too, about Wendy Rogers. If you don't want to comment, I understand. But I interviewed Wendy long enough that I felt she was really on the side of election integrity and my source tells me that she did have an election stolen from her, and then she was able to get through. After she made some unsubstantiated claims on my show, and I asked her, I wrote her repeatedly, I said, I'm getting challenged by my audience. Can you give me some data? And she wouldn't answer. So finally, I came out, and I just said, I don't put my name on this, people, because until she can demonstrate this is true. And she took to rumble. And she took to chastising me on Rumble. She entitled the piece, you can go look this up, Clueless Dave Hodges. And here's my concern about Wendy Rogers. 
She pretends to be for election integrity, but I don't see her taking any action. She ran the meeting that you got expelled for and congratulated Jackie Brager, the participant, your witness, for being a brave and courageous person. Nothing happens to her. And now she's on the committee heading crypto for the state. And if they bring in central bank digital currency, which is the end of everything for us, it's the end of all freedom, all financial freedom, all liberty, she would probably be the one that would be in charge of ushering that in. Do you have any reactions to what I just said? Do you, do you have any knowledge of this? So Wendy Rogers and I, my first clue that something was not right, we go back to the year, I believe it was 2000. Um, her cousin was a friend of mine. And so I've literally broken bread with Wendy over holiday meals. Um, and again, this goes back 23, almost 24 years. And when I did the canvas and I, we were finding certain things, I texted Wendy and said, um, you know, can my husband and myself meet with you and, and Hal, her husband, and can I show you the things we're finding? Because I understood her to be interested in election integrity. Silence, nothing, just like what you're saying, not a peep. And yet she's tweeting like crazy how important election integrity is and how well the audit was being run. And I'm just like, something's not adding up. Now, when I would see her in person, I felt, now this is my perception, that when it was a crowd um, where it was popular to give Liz Harris a big greeting, she'd come up and hug me. When it was a crowd where she didn't need to give me that kind of um, acknowledgement, like she literally kind of ran for me. So, so something was definitely not right. So I am disillusioned with how much money she has raised. I think it's like $3.3 million. Um, she and Mark Fincham share the same campaign consultant, which is kind of odd because I've been told it's a family member of Wendy. It's just there's a lot of things where, um, you know, I thought Wendy was a fighter. She's Air Force. Um, you know, I have a postcard of her here on my desk, her with um, Donald J. Trump. But I'm beginning to think um, she's not as MAGA as she's led us to believe. Now, that's my personal opinion. Um, I don't think you can sue a person because Wendy is very quick to um, to sue people. She actually files the suits. So, you know, I want to love Wendy, but I just I, I don't see the proof in the pudding. Yeah, she went on Charlie Kirk last year. And she was on repeatedly, uh, well, it was during the 2022 election, so um, in the aftermath. And she was on repeatedly. She said all the right things. I even uh, texted her. I told her, I said, uh, Wendy, you did a good job here. I want you to know I'm proud of you for saying these things. But then she turns around and doesn't support you. And you're the one out there at the top of your lungs saying our elections are being stolen. And she didn't take one step forward to help you. And I will tell you this, if what you did was so egregious that you had such an outrageous person present and that you deserve to be expelled, well, then so did she, because she ran the damn meeting and she put the seal of approval on that meeting at the end. So here's what happened. So I asked for the special permission to have a joint hearing, and it was the idea of Colonel Ivan Raiklin, who's a constitutional attorney out of Virginia. And I gave five speakers and I had little asterisk substitution available for anyone who's not able to attend. Um, so Senate President Warren Peterson and Speaker of the House Ben Toma signed off on it as long as I did not have subpoena power. I'm like, I don't need subpoena power. These are friendlies. Jacqueline Berger was not even on the list. She wasn't even a consideration. So I got approval from the, for this meeting somewhere around February 12th, 13th, and the meeting was on February 23rd. A call from Ivan Raiklin. I got a couple calls from him, but um, he said two of our uh, witnesses may not be able to make it. And I said, please continue to try to get them. And then Ivan wanted to talk about how the, um, you know, according to the U.S. Constitution, the state of Arizona does have the plenary power to nullify the election. So he wanted to speak about that. But according to Ivan, he got multiple calls from Senator Borelli saying, don't you dare go there. So the big 
bomb of the day, if you want to call it a bomb, was Ivan saying, you know, I really think you guys need to use your plenary power and decertify, pull back the electors. It ne- that never happened because it, for whatever reasons, um, Ivan said, you know, I'm a man of my honor. Sonny's Marine. I'm Green Beret. You don't go against anyway. But the, something was supposed to happen where one of the people sitting on the dios were supposed to ask Ivan. So do you think decertification or nullification is um, something we should do That That's what that's what the whole, you know, funny thing about yeah, de- all this decertifying is. the vote. I want to make sure. Right. Know. Decertifying the vote okay. for not just 2022, but for 2020 and mm-hmm. 2022. Again, that was the objective. So my objective was getting as much on the record as possible because I was with all these Republicans who were not standing with me shoulder to shoulder on getting the election reform legislation passed. So that that was my objection. Um, you know, decertifying 2020, like at this point, you'd have to unroll all the legislation, all every bill that went into law because you'd be like you'd be turning the clock back. But anyway, that aside, um, Sonny Borelli is the one who who's like, Wendy doesn't need to do be involved in the planning. I'm the one who's doing the planning with you, Liz. And because he's a senior senator member, I talked to Sonny on the phone. Um, when Ivan told me, Sonny said, I can say this and this, but I can't say that. I was pretty mortified. And I it's funny because, again, this is before I knew Berger was going to... Hold on. Give me an example of what he said he couldn't talk about. What, what's the most uh, important thing he said? I can't talk about this. Okay. So Ivan Raiklin was on Tucker um, just a few short weeks prior to this idea of the joint hearing. And on Tucker, Ivan explained, according to the U.S. Constitution, what articles precisely you, you, you use to, to basically pull back the electors. Right. That is what um, Sonny Borelli was aware of what Ivan's position was. Ivan was not allowed to present on that. So Ivan came in. I mean, this Ivan wanted to explain that um, the national, like the Hunter Biden laptop, um, there's stuff that happened at the national level, the international level, the state level that all interfered with Arizona's elections. But again, Sonny did not want like. For whatever reasons, these guys, they truly do not want election reform. Like, it's it's weird. And sometimes, like, when I was in closed caucus behind closed doors, like, it's like they were so fearful that the media would beat up on them. I'm like, you know what? Do you not realize the more the media beats up on you, the more the voters are going to love you? There's a lot of, not all voters, but there's plenty of voters that are going to love you if when the media beats up on you. So, so again, I, I sent something two days before the hearing to Toma and to Warren Peterson. I said, since when do we tell our speakers what they can testify to and what they can't? And I kind of got a message back stating, um, well, you know, you got, you got to consult the chair. Um, but who, who Wendy, was the chair? Who was the chair then? Wendy Roger. Okay. All right. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. But Wendy Rogers had no interest in the planning of any of this until about 36 hours prior. I get this message that if you want this agenda published, we're going to have to go over this. I'm like, wait a second. I'm in open caucus, which is a televised thing. I had to be at at seven something at night. And we were like barely beginning. And Wendy Rogers is now telling me she wants me. And I'm trying to pay attention to the bills that we're discussing. And so I, I excuse myself with Representative Alex Colladin. And Wendy's not on the phone, but Sonny Borelli's on the phone, kind of complaining to me 
complaining about me to Alex Colton. Alex hands me the phone and, and Sonny's like, Liz, who do you have coming in? And so I ran down the list with him and the topics as to what they were going to speak about. And then when I got to Jacqueline Breger, I told him about her testifying to the ballots and the ballots in the vans. And then he cut me off because the second that she was going to testify to that I was aware of were the backdoor portals. He cut me off and he goes, well, I've got a guy. I've got Eric Spican. I want him to be the one to start at nine o'clock in the morning because he's got a flight he's got to catch. I'm like, okay, Sonny, if that's what you want, no problem. We'll add him to the, you know, Sonny's the one did not want any names of any of the speakers on the agenda, which is a whole separate story. But um, I, I understood that what, you know, this stuff about Wendy wanting information, I, I think it was really Sonny Borelli just wanting to get Eric squeezed in somehow. And I said, no problem. And I kind of forfeited um, one of my presentations in order to get um, to to meet Senator Burley's request. Um, but the, the whole thing about the no names, it was Senator Burley who said, when we publish the agenda, we're not going to publish any of the speakers. So in one of these text messages of mine that somehow got, broadcast, which is fine. I, I admit it. Yeah, they're my text message. Um, Jacqueline Greger um, said that she wanted, I said, I need a title for your presentation. And she said, John Thaler Law Firm presents. And I said, no names. So they use that. They spun that against me to say, I was trying to hide John Thaler. Oh, okay, no, I, got it. I was I got it honoring what Sonny Borelli had asked us to do in the week before. See, and what these guys don't realize, not all the time, but very often when I, I think it was God, sometimes it was like, uh, Liz, you better record this. Arizona is a one party recording state. You better record this in case you need to defend yourself one day. So a lot of these things I do have recordings of. And they don't have a leg to stand on. The problem is, is that they have legislative immunity. So they can literally call me a serial killer and get away with it. And and that's the problem I'm having right now. They can literally say anything they want about me. I am no longer a legislator. I don't have legislative mm. immunity. This is but why, can... Liz, let me say this. This is why... When I told you about a specific state rep, why this person wasn't willing to come forward, despite being involved in some pretty detailed conversations about election integrity fraud. And because this person would know it's not going to matter what I say because they're protected. Is Do you think that's true? Yeah. It's not only that they're... Um, so you've got the protections, but then there's the other um, factor that is very important, and that is that our three branches of government, they're all broken here in Arizona, and they're all supporting one another. And and it and it's it's not even party related. It's like it's the, the uniparty. Um, it, it's really sad. Um, and and I think the the worst. Um, which kind of stays in place year after year. It's not just the, um, the staff. It's, it's the legislative legal counsel. They, they drove most of what happened in that ethics hearing. They're the ones who removed um, 10 of my 14 exhibits for my ethics hearing. I'm pretty sure they're the ones who um, wrote the nine-page letter that the ethics committee signed. Just the way it's written, you can tell. Um, and, you know, those people stay in place, you know, speaker after speaker after speaker. So it's the deep sta- a- it's the deep state of Arizona government. One hundred percent. Yeah. OK, that makes sense. Ladies and gentlemen, as we process this, you're saying I don't live in Arizona. Same thing's going on in your state. I guarantee you. And you hear me once in a while talk about Fulton County or Pennsylvania, uh, whatever around the country. And you'll hear Paul Preston come on with me, and we've talked about this in California in detail. And the reason that we bring this up, because it's everywhere. The locations change, but the strategies stay exactly the same. Um, you know, here's one thing that really bothered me. Um, early in the 2022 uh, 
lead up to the election, people were videotaping ballot stuffing going on in Phoenix. And some of this even made the news and the mainstream media, because when a judge came out and says, if you do this, I'll throw you in jail. Okay, and and the thing is, is you can videotape whatever the eyes see. And unless you're within the prohibited distance, you can go to any type of voting activity. You can do whatever you want in terms of videotaping. You know, I knew something was wrong with the GOP when they didn't meet and go after a law that would circumvent this judge's ruling. I said at that point, I said, the fact that the GOP did not stand up to this ruling and pass their own law tells me that a lot of them are in on it. Did, did, did that thought ever occur to you too? For there, <laughs> I I know that they're in on it for so many reasons. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I'm but just giving yeah, that, you one that reason. That would be one of them. Yeah, that was yeah. a big wake up call for me. Um, and I I just I just look at this and I just I, I just scratch my head because in Arizona it doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. I want to ask you if you know about this. I've been told by a score of people that. Maricopa County supervisor at the time of the 2022 election, Bill Gates, and the county clerk and recorder, Stephen Reischer, formed a pack to go after America First candidates and get rid of them. In the same way, Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer collaborated against America First candidates in the Senate. And especially when McConnell pulled the funding for eight senators like McMaster's, and I believe six of them lost, two of them won. All eight races were winnable but they had their funding pulled at the midnight hour. So you have Gates, a Republican, Reischer, a Republican, basically going after Carrie Lake. How how much do you know about that? Well, I know there's truth to it, and I don't know if the governor signed it, but while I was still in, in as while I was still a legislator, I know we passed legis or we attempted to pass legislation to stop the ability of these people in these positions to be able to form PACs. So, yeah, there's truth to it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about it, okay, except okay. It, it's a practice that has to stop. Well, Doug Ducey, too. I mean, okay, we're talking cartel influence in our politics. China controls the cartels. All right, so when, when you take a look at this, uh, Doug Ducey, the former governor, He gave a speech in 2017. I don't even know if I've ever told you this or you know about this, but I've seen the transcript in South China. This is actually where I first found it, the South China publication in Asia. And he was at the Governor's Association, Chinese equivalent of the National Chamber of Commerce was there. And he said, we in Arizona love doing business with China. They need rare earth minerals for their military. And when I read that, I go, oh, my God, that's treason, because they are our enemy and he's talking about supplying our enemy with resources that they need. I knew then we were in trouble. So then go forward in the post-election period of 2020, Donald Trump asked Doug Ducey to look into the election, and he refused. It, 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 do you believe Ducey, Republican governor, is a uniparty member? Yes. Yeah, I do, too, for the reasons I said. Uh, and I just want people to get the idea. The old paradigm of Republican and Democrat don't apply. Um, I believe the Republicans had more to do with election theft in 2022 than the Democrats. Do you share that view? I would say it was equal. Okay. I, I, I personally think it's in concert. Like I, I don't, I don't think one party has more to blame than the other. So, you know, it- and, and a lot of the Republicans are running around constantly saying, Liz, you're breaking up the Republican Party. This is all the Democrats, the Democrats. I'm like, no, we've got uh, you got to clean up your backyard before you can point the finger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this Via Succi, uh, there was an activist in Kingman who had him agree to come on my show and I was watching him publicly. And I got to tell you, just personal reaction, no data. I got the creeps. I said, I'm sorry, but I don't trust the guy. I don't think he's on the right side. And as you're telling me now, he's one of the signatories against you as a co-sponsor to expel you. My instincts were right on the money. Uh, and he's a Republican. People, this is what's ha- no Democrats were co-sponsors to expel Liz. This is what I really want our audience to understand. So, Liz, I'm kind of beating the drum on anti-incumbency in the upcoming election with a few people 
um, who would um, we might want to retain. Um, yes. Like, like like Comer, for example. I think he's earned his stripes. Do you think anti-incumbency is the approach that the voting public should take to clear the deck? Yes. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. I've never quite called it uh, anti-incumbency. Uh, what I've called, I've called it vote them all out. Yeah. Not we should start a website called tossthemall.com. Toss them all. <laughs> now there are, um, in the house, there are two that I would ask that you, I don't think they've, since I left, I'm pretty sure they haven't been corrupted. The two I would suggest out of legislative district, uh, 17, which is the Tucson, Pima County area, uh, Rachel Jones, Corey McGarr. When the resolution was read to expel me, they literally turned their chairs, they turned their back to the speaker. So, um, I support them. Um, I, I really don't want to give anyone else my complete support because they all have different um, things, which I, I'm just, you know, I'm scrutinizing more than I ever have. I mean, it could be as simple as who is the legis- if the legislator is not in business for themselves. Most of us, we had our own businesses. But if you work for a certain entity, like, what is that employer trying to get out of you being a legislator? And I know that could be controversial, but I've seen things. And, um, again, those two people I mentioned just, and Jim O'Connor, he's the Arizona Corporate Commission. Other than those three, I would love to have a clean slate. And I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone, but you just, you have not shown your stripes as, as far, you, you haven't proven yourself. Well, like I said, um, three categories. Those who are corrupted, those who are covering for the corrupt, and those who are two chicken bleepers to do anything about it, the chicken bleepers need to be gone to. They need to be unelected to. Yeah, um, but, but the chicken bleepers, or the chickens, they know things. That's what, that's what like amazed me mm-hmm. about them voting for my expulsion, the chickens. Like I, they automatically come to mind. And it's not just that they're chickens. They know things. And as you said, yeah, they're afraid to come ahead. There's an, as- there's an aspect of this, though, I want, before we conclude, I want to make sure we get this in, Liz. Um, when they removed you, they go back to the Republicans and they say, okay, we need, you're going to have three candidates run. And so there was a second election in your district that, and the Maricopa County supervisors get to choose the top three from the top three. They'll choose one candidate. Can you talk about what happened there? And the percentage of the vote that you got and how the, your voters were disenfranchised. Sure. So, so it's a special meeting. It has to be done within six days of the expulsion. Normally it's because someone resigns or dies. So it had to be done with, so within six days, my legislative district 13, Chandler, part of Gilbert and, uh, Sun Lakes, they got together with all the precinct committee men. I was one of nine floor nominations. For three positions. So on the first round of voting, you need to get 50% plus one to move forward. So I got 70% of the vote. 70% of the vote. So I moved ahead. Uh, so I was one of the three. So I got 70%. Uh, my running mate, who kind of abandoned me, but she got less votes than me. And then we had to go to round two and a gentleman by the name of Steve Steele became the third candidate. So they did extensive background checks on us. And then they just kind of left us in limbo for weeks. Cause again, mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. expelled on um, April 12th. I did not have my interview until May 3rd. And so I, I know that my interview lasted about half an hour Steve's was about 15 minutes, and then the uh, the person who wound up getting the appointment, her interview was about 45 minutes. So we, it, we was it a closed? Did, let me ask you: Was it a closed door meeting? It was a closed door meeting. So in other words, they could have been doing some deal making. Okay. So okay. I, I mean, I think when we put the three names forward, we know that we know who was going to get it. The point is, they did not want me to have the seat. Yeah, but they disenfranchised the voters. This is what I want the people to know. Not only did Liz get elected once, she got reelected a second time in the face of overwhelmingly bad publicity as the mainstream media lined up against her, and she still got 70% of that vote. And yet they didn't care at the county supervisors. You talk about election integrity, you're out. In fact, you know, one thing that we should mention in the 2020 election, 
There were two court rulings against the county supervisors because they did not surrender the election codes. And I knew this long before this ever came out in court. I had election officials contact me anonymously, three of them. And they said, Dave, we're supposed to have the codes when we're on the floor. And they said, we did not have the codes. And this was a problem. And uh, I said, I wanted the codes. I had talked about this because I wanted to see if the votes were counted in China off Dominion voting machines. And so that prompted them to contact me. And what's really interesting, Liz, about this is that two judges and Brnovich, the attorney general, said you will surrender those codes. And they had this big song and dance press conference where they said they gave it to the sheriff, Paul Penzone, which was a total lie. Uh, and, and they have still never surrendered those codes. Were you involved in that end of it or not? Did you? Well, were you, I think were you I remember it's because didn't Paul Penzone say there's too much um, personal information that I mean, yeah. it, 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 we were gassed. He said it would compromise past criminal cases. And I, and I thought, whoa, wait a minute. Right. You hear what he's saying? He's saying they took the election data and he's saying they combined it with criminal cases. That doesn't even make any sense. They gaslit us the entire time. Oh, yeah. The audit was the fraud. By the way, when I came out with the election integrity stuff and and I said, I have three and I know they're unnamed sources, but I'm telling you, there's now two court rulings that support my assertion. And I went through five ways the election was stolen. This is when you were coming out with the canvassing at the same time. At the time I did that, a gentleman who I've introduced you to by text now, and and I'm sure you'll be going on his show, Paul Preston, Paul Preston had me on a show to talk about you and canvassing and all this other stuff. And what's interesting is he got a call from someone and told him, basically, if you don't stop supporting Hodges, he's going to get you killed. And Sarah Westall, someone else I want to introduce you, a great journalist, uh, she received similar kinds of actions. I had 13 people that I knew personally that were contacted after I published my report in May of 2021. Uh, and it all came from audit sources people connected to the audit. So they wanted to bury this, and they were threatening me. I was getting death threats at the time when I came out with this, and we really felt that our team had caused the sheriff to have that press conference with the county supervisor saying, oh, I had the codes, which we knew was a lie. So the whole thing is so corrupt. But where do you go from here? Because I don't see the basis for legal expulsion of you. I look at this and I'm saying you committed no crime. Okay. The report spoke for itself. You didn't sit here and say, I believe points one, two, three, and four. How could they legitimately and legally expel you from office? The whole thing was a, a witch hunt and an illegal expulsion. They're trying to say that I worked with uh, Jacqueline Berger in preparing that report and that I had no the contents that were going to be presented that day. I actually, and you may have heard me say this before, I told Jacqueline and John Thaler, this is an election integrity, so it has to relate to election integrity. So I was not prepared for them to have spoken about everything they did, but it happened, and I'm just like, you know what? I don't regret it happened. It cost me my seat, but um, I just figured it was part of God's plan. Do you find it interesting that uh, Ben Toma is mentioned in the report, uh, the Brager report of suspicious activity? We'll just put the quotes around it. And yet he was the driving force to get you out. Well, that's really interesting because I um, I actually specifically asked them not to impugn any legislators. Like if they wanted to speak in general generalities, but um, if it related to election integrity. And also not to speak about any religion. And I, the religion is I'm a realtor by trade and I just always wear that fair housing cap. So, um, and unfortunately, even though Jacqueline Breger didn't speak the words of a church or the speaker of the house, they were incorporated in the report. And that's one thing that they came after me very hard on. Because they mentioned the Mormon religion. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's hey, look, Jews commit crimes, Mormons commit crimes, atheists commit crimes, Catholics commit crimes. Exactly. I don't see how they could link that to expelling you. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. 
Um, is there a legal challenge coming to the expulsion? So first, most attorneys run from a case like this because of all the sanctions. I know this all too well. Yeah, There was an expelled member. Uh, funny, it's the same uh, House Resolution number, 2003, a Don Shooter. My understanding is that he spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to defend himself on his illegal expulsion. And now a lot of attorneys, since that ruling, that like final ruling just came out right at the time of expulsion, attorneys are worried that if they pick this case up, that the judge will say, hey, we've got precedent here, and the judges will come after them. You know that third category you mentioned, um, people who are chicken? Well, that's the majority of our uh, of our legal profession. They're, they they don't want to take a case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I, I, I think yeah, yeah. I have an amazing case. If this were a corporation that fired me, I would be so wealthy right now. I've got everything documented. I've got recordings. I know what I did was not a reason to have me expelled. And I know that that nine-page ethics report that the legislators are going to these meetings and handing out, well, here's why we expelled Liz. It's like a deck of cards. They're just flipping them out to everyone. And I'm like, well, there has to be truth to the nine-page report. And at least 80% of it is just, it's a spin. It's their narrative. It's not true yeah, or false. I and hear you. I don't have the microphone that they have. Well, the one thing we can do, because I do have a microphone, and we go across the country, but but we have a pretty good Arizona audience, and I speak to a lot of the tea parties um, around the state. We're going to sing this anti-incumbency. I hope you run for re-election in 2024. I, could, I won't blame you if you don't, because I know what you've been through. I know you've suffered professional harassment in your real profession. Uh, you and I have talked about that privately, and I'll leave that to you to disclose at another time if you want to. But uh, they don't just come after you to get you out of the legislature. They threaten you, which you've had happen, and also, too, they go after your business. It's complete cancel culture when you challenge elections. That's what I've the lesson I've learned. Fortunately, I'm insulated. This is all I do now. <laughs> you know, if if I were still teaching at the post-secondary level, I probably wouldn't have a job very long. I already know that to be true. So, Liz, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, I'm going to put you in contact with several media colleagues I have who have substantial shows. And uh, the ones I send you, I highly recommend because they will tell your story the way it is. But, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me across the country. I'm going to try to lead as much as I can an anti-incumbency movement here in Arizona and we have kind of a platform to do it. We have a recall, Katie Hobbs, coming up, the governor who stole the election of Kerry Lake. And also, too, um, you know, we have this case with Liz that we're going to point to. But we're going after this. We are going after this hard. And I would encourage you in your state that you do the same thing. If in the, And you got to do this in the primary. And I want to make sure people hear this. You can't wait to the general election to vote. You got to vote in the primary. And I've kept my name on the Republican party docket. I said I was going to quit and I decided against it because I want to be part of that primary decision making process. Um, there's a lot we didn't get to cover because I want to cover what's happened in Mojave County and stuff. So we're going to have you back on. But Liz, be safe. Um, ladies and gentlemen, pray for Liz. Uh, and, uh, do you do anything in terms of collecting money for your legal defense fund? No, no, I, d- I don't collect any money. <laughs> so yeah, I I'm do shocked. not collect money. No, it's, I'm, I'm not one of them. <laughs> I know why you're saying that, but uh, <laughs> I know exactly why you're saying that, Liz. But, but uh, you know, you kind of think, just last question here, it's a fool's errand for you to sue to get your seat back? I don't know that they'd give my seat back. I, I would sue for damages. I mean, okay. Google Liz Harris, Arizona right now, and at one point there were 30 pages of what a whack job I was. I mean, I think we're down to 19 pages now, but it's what they have done to my reputation is yeah. despicable. But yeah, yeah, I take, I take the seat back too. <laughs> yeah. Um, any chance you'll run for reelection, which might be easier in getting your seat back that way to, to be determined. Okay. Well, we need people like you in government and uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, listen, do your part in your state 
And if you're in Arizona, you know how to get a hold of me. We're going to start the anti-incumbency movement. Uh, Liz, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. God bless you. And I'll be in touch because I want to get you out there with my colleagues who can give you substantial coverage. Okay. Thank you. Have right, a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.